You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here in DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Thursday, October 19th, just a few more days away from the Chiefs' Week 7 matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sween, we discussed this at length on yesterday's Arrowhead Pride Report. I don't think either one of us thought it was going to happen But it did happen. The Chiefs traded for wide receiver McCole Hardman. They brought him home from the New York Jets. And I don't know if McCole's going to be in the building today at practice. I would imagine so. I don't know if he's going to be up this week on such a short turnaround. But uh, Chiefs bring back a wide receiver who knows the system and can step right in and be a plug-and-play option for them. Yeah, this was a a move that I I thought was possible. And I I had continue to mention that I didn't think a big move was coming and this does not fall into the category of big move. You have the New York Jets and they took care of the signing bonus and about a third of his base salary. So he comes to Kansas City for two thirds of the season and it's really cheap. And and I'm I'm pretty sure of, of this when I say it. I, I don't know if the Chiefs are making this move if Justin Watson doesn't have his injury last game. And I think primarily this is well, we started with seven receivers. We ended up having eight with the first injury, and now we almost need a ninth because of all the injuries and limiting our, our snaps at that position. And it's very cheap. It's for the veteran minimum. It's a guy that knows the terminology, knows the system, uh, has been with Andy Reid before. Andy Reid, uh, if you look at his very short tenure with the New York Jets, has really maximized what he can do. And you talk about being available this weekend. There are questions that we can't answer there. You know, I think the Chiefs are going to see what kind of shape he's in. I'm sure he'll go through a, a physical as well just to see where he's at. Uh, but I think it's possible because you can instantly, in my mind, throw him into that returner position. And then with Andy Reid, like I said, I, 
I don't think this is someone that's going to be eating into Sky more or Marquez Valdez Scantling snaps. I, I think it's somebody that we're going to see in a similar role as played the last time in Kansas City, which is those orchestrated snaps. And you can build in like, you know, eight to 10 plays within a couple days here. I think McCole Hardman and Andy Reid are capable of that. So I think it's possible you see him slotted right in. Um, and, and for me, the move on that one in particular would be Montreal Washington going back down uh, to the practice squad. Um, Shame how fast things can happen in the NFL, but I, I don't think the Chiefs want to get into muffed punt business uh, once again. Yeah, and I actually think Montreal Washington has done a pretty serviceable job as the Chiefs return man since Richie James went to IR. And I am curious uh, about Richie James' just season-long outlook because the Chiefs aren't usually uh, the team that will be upfront about that stuff and just be like, yeah, he's probably not going to come back this season. But it also seems like a little bit of, of planning for later down the line where you mentioned the special team stuff. And I think that's the biggest part of this that we should be focused on. Like I, I know McCole Hardman has played plenty in the chiefs offense and he's going to have a role and he's going to have an opportunity to step in and make plays. But I, I think the, the bigger thing here is that special teams role and, and the juice that he can provide is a return man because his last couple of seasons here, he was a much bigger part of the offense. And so we saw him kind of step into, you know, Tyree kill was an early career return guy. McCall Hardman was an early career return guy. And as the roles expanded in the offense, they were like, uh, these guys are on the field too much for the, uh, us to keep putting them back there out, outside of like key game situations. And I think McCall Hardman is your starting kick returner now, and he provides a lot more juice there than what you had before. And we've seen him have a lot of success in that role outside of the offense. So I think that's what I'm most excited about. Like, it seems like McCall Hardman could be the return guy and could actually be an explosive return guy, which is something that the Chiefs have been lacking for a while now. Yeah, and I think it's such an important weapon and, and thing to have in your repertoire if you're the Chiefs. Uh, not to say that they're going to punt or kick to Nicole Hardman every time. I mean, we've seen a million uh, of these uh, um, touchbacks this year. Uh, you know, no one's really wanting to kick to, to anyone. And uh, and I think in the punt game, it provides, like, it just gets into the punter's head a little bit. You mentioned Montreal Washington has looked pretty good. Um, Montreal Washington, to me, isn't a player that is going to be in the puncher's head of like, I need to avoid this ball being in this man's hands. McCole has been that good in the past at return. And so you have that upside. And then I think it's always been interesting, especially in very recent seasons of Brett Veach and this kind of strategy of, of playing on motivation. Um, I, you know, McCole Hardman was ultra motivated going into his contract year, but he had a season worth of injuries pretty much. He missed half the season last year. So yeah. it didn't really come into account. But now you get him back, and he has got to be ultra-motivated to prove the New York Jets wrong and to kind of prove the doubters wrong. So I think at the very least, you start with this gadgety type of player, this orchestrated touch type of guy who is very good uh, at returning the football. That, that the Chiefs know, Dave Tobe has said as much over the years. Uh, and you kind of see what motivation can do. Uh, there is a, I think, beyond Rasheed Rice, there, there still is a, a need for a receiver to emerge. And I, if I'm a Cole, I, I, I'd be listening to this podcast and saying, no, I am a receiver. Let me sh let me show Andy Reid that. You know, it's 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 created a situation where he's going to be ultra motivated. It's not going to be that to start. And, and I don't think it was the motivation for the Chiefs making this move. But it's worth mentioning that this feels like Hardman's last chance to 
carve out a role um, in, in some capacity with an NFL team. And if that's not motivating, I, you know, I don't know what is. Yeah, I, I'm just curious what unfolded with the New York Jets. And I know like Aaron Rodgers has a lot to do with this stuff, like them bringing in Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Randall Cobb being their starting slot wide receiver. But by virtually any statistic and metric that you look at, Randall Cobb is one of the worst starting wide receivers in the NFL. And they were just like, McCall Hardman can't see the field. Like we don't see any reason to even activate him on Sundays. It just seems crazy to me. Uh, a player as explosive as him. But uh, again, the Chiefs send a 2020 uh, what was it? A sixth round pick for McCole Hardman and a 2025 seventh round pick. So a couple years down the line, very low cost move for a player that already knows the system and provides depth. And I think can find a way to contribute for the chiefs this season, but uh, worth mentioning also as reported by our friend Carrington Harrison, uh, Frank Clark is expected to land in Kansas city sometime on Thursday and is expected to go through a physical with the chiefs. And meaning that he could possibly sign with Kansas City, which has already kind of been alluded to by all the newsbreakers once he was released by the Denver Broncos. Uh, I don't know what Frank's situation is. Like, I have to imagine he probably still owns things here in Kansas City. So it, it would probably make a lot of sense for him to just say, I'll take whatever you guys give me. I just want to win football games. Let's get this deal done so I can get back on the field and we can start winning football games again. Yeah, people might think I'm I'm crazy for this, but I don't necessarily know if he's going to be on the three-man roster to start. Uh, this is very different than him now entering unrestricted free agency and, and suddenly still wanting to make salary X and wanting role X. This is very similar to Hardman, something that didn't work out, and now he just wants to come home, and he, I think he wants to kind of make whatever they're willing to pay him and have whatever role uh, that, he, that he wants uh, and be – I, I think sacrimonious with the team and in, 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 in harmonious with the team and saying, um, you tell me, you know, what you guys want me to do. And, you know, someone who's done that over the years here uh, quietly, and he was a Super Bowl starter, was Austin Ryder, where he just kind of like sometimes he's in the practice squad, sometimes he's not. He's kind of the third center um, behind uh, what would be Nick Allegretti, um, but he's willing to just do whatever. I tend to think you're bringing Frank Clark. Um, very slowly here. He hasn't been healthy uh, in Denver. He's been going through the illness thing again. You get him healthy. Uh, and again, this is my take, what, what I think is going to happen. You get him healthy on something like the practice squad. He's willing to do that because, look, he, he just wants to be with the Chiefs and, and wants to have one more shot at this uh, Super Bowl. Uh, and then once you, you kind of deem him ready, maybe there's an injury, maybe there's something, you bring him in for that, that stretch and uh, those playoffs. I don't know, you know even the most um, controversial taker or, or criticizer of the Chiefs um, would be, again, having Frank Clark for the stretch uh, and the playoffs at like a minimum salary. It is so low risk, so high reward. Both of these um, comebacks are. You don't typically see the Chiefs uh, go in this direction. That's something that I've constantly reminded people. Um, but this is such an, an easy move and um, easy moves to walk away from if they don't work that I think the Chiefs are kind of just saying, well, we have these minor needs. Why not get a little bit better? Uh, and sometimes a little bit better can be the big uh, difference. Remember, remember how many close games the Chiefs have been in late in the season and in the postseason. So that's kind of my analysis on, on Frank Clark. Uh, we'll see where this thing goes. Uh, I don't get the feeling that anyone is in a particular hurry. I think they're going to talk about things and kind of see what happens. And uh, odd to say, uh, especially with how important he's been in the two previous championship runs, 
Uh, but I wouldn't be stunned if he starts on the practice squad. Yeah, and, and I think bringing Frank back, it's it's just another added depth piece to that defensive line where you can never have too many bodies. Like you talk about uh, a team like the Eagles that's also at the top of the NFL like the Kansas City Chiefs are. Well, that Eagles defensive line runs eight guys deep. Like they they have bodies on bodies on bodies, and the Chiefs are kind of stacking that now as well. Bringing a guy back who knows the system, who has had – like Hall of Fame caliber moments in the postseason for you. And I, I don't mind the the Frank Clark added depth piece. I kind of agree with you. I don't think he's taking snaps away uh, significantly from Mike Dana or George Karloftis. And, Dana, talk- and, and yeah, Dana and, and well, let's, let's be clear here. And I, you know, Frank Clark has the name notoriety. Like Dana and Karloftis have been fantastic. Yeah, uh, they've Felix been stellar this season. Shown flashes. So it's like, I think you're just bringing in Clark as like a cherry on top. This isn't like suddenly, hey, Clark comes in and is going to dominate snaps in any fashion, in my opinion. Yeah, and from Frank Clark's Twitter yesterday, uh, tweeted out, Denver was solid. I love horses and mountains. Um, Me too, Frank. Mm -hmm. I I go to Denver once a year to go camping. I also love horses and mountains. I knew knew that you loved mountains. The horse thing is new to me i didn't realize you were also a horse guy steve i, I wouldn't call myself a horse guy but i will ride a horse if the opportunity okay. presents itself i, I am not afraid of horses so uh okay, well your birthday your birthday is coming up maybe we can arrange <laughs> yeah let's let's uh let's find a place to ride horses in kansas city uh but so we'll we'll monitor that at arrowheadpride.com so be on the lookout for that as the reports come out today um you know assuming frank clark passes his physical might be signed to the Kansas City Chiefs later on this afternoon. So keep a lookout for that. Uh, we do need to update the injury report from Wednesday's practice. The Chiefs had a lengthy injury report, but uh, just kind of a lot of designations, but uh, not guys not practicing other than wide receiver Justin Watson, who we did not expect to be on the practice field and is probably going to be out for a couple of weeks. But Andy Reid did kind of downplay the injury, calling it like an elbow contusion, where I think it was initially reported that it was like a dislocated elbow. Um, so contusion sounds less severe, but it sounds like Justin Watson still expected to miss some time for the Chiefs. Yeah, that, that's the read that I'm getting. Um, no IR yet. I know that and I know that Andy Reid quickly brushed it off. Um, I'm not fully convinced that it's not going to be IR. Uh, Andy Reid was asked quickly, and he said, no, we should be back before that. But I think sometimes... Uh, the Chiefs decide otherwise. Uh, if that's going to be true, and, and you know, if it if it does end up being IR, I think it's you know for the minimum four games. But it, but if that ends up being true, and, and Andy Reid kind of was directing us in the right um, area there, uh, we are expecting Watson at least be out for two games. That's kind of my understanding. Uh, could push it into three if they hold him from IR. You would think he would be back by that fourth game. But that's part of the reason, as I was saying, and we don't have to go over it again. But that's why they just needed another wide receiver in the building. Um, and rather than trying to get somebody off the street and, and getting them up to speed with Andy Reid's terminology and offense, why not go get somebody who already knows it? Uh, so it just made too much sense. Uh, and, and Watson now out of the mix. Eight other Chiefs on the injury report, but uh, everyone was practicing fully. Worth noting here, um, and uh, not, a, not, a, not, a, uh, not a little tidbit on, on him being in the Leewood housing market, more so on his ankle, Steve, but uh, Travis Kelsey's right ankle, I noticed, was heavily taped up. You know, there was that moment uh, in the game, uh, last game, where 
kind of looked a little dirty to me. Uh, I, I, I'm forgetting the Broncos player, but he kind of came up a little bit limpy and it seemed like he turned his ankle. Uh, it, it does still seem like um, it, it's at least a minor issue. Uh, but he, look, he logged the full practice and, and the chief training staff taking care of him with that, that heavy tape wrap. Yeah, I would imagine that we'll probably see that moving forward with uh, Travis Kelsey. Just you know, ankle injuries, especially for a player that moves like he does at that size, uh, can take a while. But hopefully it's not something that continues to linger. But I would imagine we're going to see him taped up for a little bit here. Uh, on the Chargers side, Joey Bosa, the only one player really of note who is limited for the Chargers this week. I don't think you need to worry about that. Joey Bosa is probably going to play. He's been banged up this season and kind of been on a snap count as they work him back and try to get him healthy. But he's still been playing through these issues. Uh, Khalil Mack coming off of a really strong game. He's got seven sacks on the season, but six of those sacks were in one game against the Las Vegas Raiders. So Chargers pass rush can still give you some problems. And before we get out of here, Pete, I want to mention uh, we talked about last week, obviously this matchup against the Denver Broncos and they're the worst defense in the NFL. Everybody's scoring against them. And, you know, the chiefs only put up 19 points, but it was in kind of, I, I think we could call it like a scrimmage type of performance from the Kansas City chiefs offensively. Well, they've got another strong uh, matchup this week against the chargers. Now, this Chargers defense, I think, has been a pretty big letdown so far this season when you consider the personnel that they have. Their secondary has not played particularly well. Their defensive line isn't getting a ton of pressure outside of that monster game by Khalil Mack, and they aren't really forcing a ton of turnovers. So this feels like another opportunity for the Chiefs to bounce back offensively. Mahomes talked about that on Wednesday and just how they all have to play better top to bottom, even mentioned like the coaching and the play calling, like everybody's got to do a better job to get this thing going. But I, I tend to believe in a matchup that could essentially decide the AFC West this early in the season. That's crazy. I tend to believe in Mahomes and the offense trying to get back on track this week. Yeah. And like I've been making the point this week, uh, what I think was a problem last week was stalling in the red zone. And I, I think something missed in it is, is just the fact that if you're going to go one in the five in the red zone, you have had to make it to the red zone five times, which is tough to do in a football game. I know they didn't finish the job, but I think sometimes uh, that happens. Odd, odd games happen. You make the wrong calls uh, at the wrong time. Uh, it's also tougher to score in the red zone um, because everything kind of gets constricted down there. Uh, the chiefs know that uh, they've had ex extra time to work uh, on that this week. I mean, if you, Think about the, the timeline of this thing. The Chiefs finished on Thursday. Uh, I believe that Andy Reid was watching all of the red zone snaps the, in this weekend of the Chiefs and trying to figure that part out. I don't think he just was enjoying his mini buy in New York City, um, like some Chiefs might have been. Uh, I think he was. I think he was in the lab, and and that was all. That three day span from Thursday to Monday evening was all time that the Chargers couldn't have been spending on the Chiefs because they had a, a tough game of their own against the Dallas Cowboys. And so I just, you fast forward now, you, you get to, to, to this week, I think a lot of those red zone problems will be fixed and the Chiefs are pretty good between the 20s of the Denver Broncos. So it's been a slow burn, I think, as the Chiefs offense figures it out, figures out their weapons. We've talked about Rasheed Rice uh, on these waves uh, quite a bit, uh, but I, I think this could finally be the week that you see them break through. And the beauty of that is the defense has been so good. You're still five and one, uh, even as you're figuring all this out. So um, Chiefs certainly haven't played their best football far from it this year, but they're at the top of the NFL. Um, and so that's something that you got to remember.
Yeah, when you win Super Bowls, the general read changes on the team. And it's like right now, because Patrick Mahomes is the face of the league and he's the two time MVP, two time Super Bowl winner. It's like, what's wrong with the Chiefs? Is it finally going downhill instead of they're five and one and their defense is playing like one of the best units in the NFL while the offense figures things out? If they put together a strong offensive performance this weekend. I think we'll see a, a narrative shift where it's just like, okay, Chiefs are still the best team in football. We we were jumping to conclusions and overreacting to their offensive performances early in the season. So interested to see how that goes. I, I think this is a big bounce back game, and I think the Chiefs will be ready for this big matchup against the Chargers. I think they really get up for especially these division matchups against this football team. So Interested to see how that goes this weekend, but he's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Steven Sir. That's where you can find me. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Uh, we'll have an update injury report for you later on this afternoon at arrowheadpride.com. And me and Pete will be back tomorrow morning on another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.